are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday, final show before Thanksgiving Day off, but we'll be back on Friday. More about Friday's show here in just a second, too, but we've got a lot to cover because the big news finally dropped. I said, don't worry about it. It was gonna happen well it did yesterday brandon ingram signing a new contract with new orleans keeping him here five years we've got some of the details on there waiting to hear one or two things on it and also stephen adams extended trade not just a trade for an expiring deal we'll look at both of those contracts both of those deals for both ingram and adams and then we need to talk a little bit about culture and fit this ties into Derek favors it ties into some of the things i'm seeing about stephen adams we'll get into all of that in the second segment and then third we're going to wrap up the show, as I told you all yesterday, looking at the Western Conference because, woof, it is pretty brutal. I was trying to do some power rankings and trying to order the teams in the Western Conference, and it's tough. There are some really good squads out there. We'll take a look at who got better, what the hierarchy is going to look like, and where do the Pelicans fit in all of this? Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On for 20% off your next order. So the big news is Brandon Ingram, the Pelicans, finally agreeing to the new contract. We knew that this was delayed a little bit in part because the team was looking to finalize the Drew Holiday trade. And it was official because the Pelicans sent out the PR stuff all about it the other day. And they could focus on just kind of getting this deal done. Just getting on a Zoom call or in person and just hammering this out. It wasn't like they were going to negotiate a whole lot about money. Brandon Ingram was going to get a max deal. And he did. Five years for a total of $158.253 million tied to New Orleans for the long term. First year's salary starting at $27.285 million. The final year of the contract in 2024-25, $36 million is what he's going to be making that season, folks. Um, and this is good. You've got to pay to keep your guys. And Brandon Ingram, most improved player last year, first time All-Star in the West, which is pretty stacked, is a good player. And the leader of this Pelicans team, officially now, particularly with that contract, it does not appear, and this is a good thing for New Orleans, that this deal is uh, has any sort of player options. We wondered if that could maybe be holding things up a little bit if they were trying to play hardball, but it doesn't sound like it. Just fully five years, fully guaranteed, no options, no partial guarantees, anything like that. This is not a super max deal. This is just a max contract. Supermax, he missed some of the criteria on. Didn't become an all-NBA player or a, or a um, MVP player. So doesn't get the full amount that he could have gotten if some others had done it. It's fine. It's a lot of money. Brandon Ingram is set for life. His family's set for life. He's going to be happy here making that kind of money. And it seemed like he really did enjoy being here in New Orleans and wanted to continue this relationship with the Pelicans. He wasn't sniffing around in free agency to other teams. Maybe he was, but no one really had cap space. But it doesn't even seem like he wanted to go through that. And I've told you all, players love that. They love the whining and dining phase to be wooed and to have your ego stroked like all of that. Brandon Ingram just wants to play basketball and win basketball games. And he's going to have the option to do that here now in New Orleans while making a whole bunch of money. 
Other news coming out in terms of contracts is the Steven Adams trade to bring him here to New Orleans, part of the Drew Holiday trade. Sounds like it's an extending trade that the Pelicans are signing him to a $35 million extension for two more years. So it's going to factor in this year, then two more years after that. He was an expiring deal. And it sounds like it's basically 17 and a half per. That's not bad money for Steven Adams. It's still a lot for a center that doesn't shoot threes. But we went over in yesterday's show everything that he's going to be able to bring to this team. And it's important. And about $17 million or so, yeah, it's about starting center money in the NBA even still. And it's not a long enough deal that it cripples you for years and years and years. It's something you could probably get out of. And then the other part of it is Pelicans must really believe in him because they're not going to have cap space going forward. After this deal for Ingram, after that contract for Steven Adams, there's not a whole lot of money to play with. There's no big expiring contracts coming off the books or anything like that. Pelicans are going to be over the cap for the foreseeable future. If they want to land a superstar or a major upgrade, it's going to need to be through a trade. And that's where draft picks really come into play. And we know the war chest that the Pelicans have with that. So Brandon Ingram getting the deal done doesn't appear that there is is any sort of option here or anything like that. He's under contract for five years. So that means we don't need to worry about him really leaving until 2023-2024. So we've got some time there and everyone can kind of breathe a little bit. So at least four, three good seasons of Brandon Ingram here in New Orleans as he grows alongside Zion Williamson. So coming up in the show, I want to talk about culture because I got asked this question with Fletcher Mackle of WDSU Channel 6. You can see me on there tonight or yesterday, depending on when you're listening to this. And I want to talk about a question he said in something that I've seen on Twitter that I think is a little somewhat hypocritical, but not in a bad way. I don't know. I'll explain it. It has to do with culture, Stephen Adams, and Derek Favors coming up here in just a second. So today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I really mean it. I spend my own money on these things. There's a reason I choose these over every other protein bar out there on the market, and these and that's because these things taste good. Built Bars are delicious with all of the different flavors they have, coated in 100% real chocolate, soft, easy to chew, not really feeling like a protein bar whatsoever. I've tried other ones, plenty of other ones. They're too dense, they're dry, they're chalky, they're just kind of an awful thing to eat. Built Bars aren't, they are delicious. And right now they're running a promo starting on Thanksgiving day at 5 p.m. And they're going to be introducing the all new white chocolate bar while supplies last the white chocolate cookies and cream bar, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, white chocolate, salted caramel, also 130 calories and 17 grams of protein. That low calorie amount in these things, not 200, not 250, but 130 means you're not wasting all of that cardio that you had done earlier in the day. Plus they're going to throw in two free candy cane brownie bars with every item purchased. Those have 17 grams of protein and 150 calories. Plus, it's going to be 25% off all products all week long. So go to BuiltBar.com and get 25% off for Black Friday. Plus, don't forget to use the promo code locked on for an additional discount on everything. So again, you get to double dip in all of this locked on and 25% off for Black Friday. Make sure you check it out over at BuiltBar.com. Friday's episode of Locked on Pelicans, we're going to do a mailbag. You can email me, lockedonpels at gmail.com, on Twitter, at Nola Jake. You can just tweet it at me. You can even DM me. My DMs are open. What's the question you've got for the Pelicans? We're going to do a full mailbag episode for Black Friday. Take a break from your family. 
go kind of tune out from some football. You're going to get annoyed with that. You need your basketball talk. We're going to have it here on Locked On Pelicans Mailbag Edition. Tweet me your questions. Let me know your questions. We'll answer some of the best ones here on the Black Friday show of Locked On Pelicans. So I want to talk a little bit about culture because one of the things I've seen are people trying to defend the Steven Adams trade. And again, I kind of hate when people just want to blindly defend things. And I don't even think that's my role here. I'm going to shoot you all straight and tell you kind of how I feel about it. And with the Steven Adams trade, I think he does some things well, but I don't think this is like a home run move by the Pelicans by any sort of stretch of the imagination here. But I've seen people kind of revert back to that, well, he's a good culture guy, sort of explanation on why even though maybe the pelicans actually overpaid for steven adams it's okay because he's a good culture guy it's okay that they overpaid because if it's a guy they really want and they're higher on him than we are it's fine we're not running the team but the culture thing i thought was a little bit interesting and i did a tv hit with fletcher mackle of wdsu good friend of mine good friend of the shows too and he had asked you know is this how you build a culture by bringing in guys like steven adams and I, I felt bad, and we talked after. I wanted to make sure he knew I wasn't like trying to contradict him on here because we went through this. We went through this last year with Derek Favors. Everyone loved the move, the trading two second-round picks for Derek Favors because he's a good locker room guy. He's a good um, culture guy, right, from coming from that winning organization inside the Utah Jazz, that it's a good guy to add to the team for all of that. It didn't really work out. Or we don't quite know. We also then kind of flipped the script on that when we were going through the coaching hiring process here, where I saw a lot of people saying you just don't just import the Miami Heat culture by signing Dan Craig to be your head coach, one of their assistants, or another culture by just signing an assistant that it has to come from a different way. You can't just import a culture. So now people to defend this trade are trying to revert back to you can import culture in a guy like Steven Adams. You see my, that's why I mentioned the hypocrisy thing. It's not a big deal. And I'm seeing it kind of in all directions with all of this. I don't think this stuff really works. It didn't work with Derek Favors, did it? That dude wanted out of here so badly. It didn't make him a bad teammate or anything like that, but it just maybe didn't have the desired effect because it's not just like you can put in a good dude and be like, okay, now everyone's going to be good dudes in the locker room. Now, with Derek Favors, there were some extenuating circumstances. It was really his first time not playing for Utah, even though he played for the Nets briefly. And I think this was just culture shock. And all of a sudden, it was like, what, what is going on here? And he didn't feel like the, the this was anything like what he had gone through before. And I think it was just too much of an adjustment. And he struggled to adapt to the new team, the new environment, the new way of doing things and all of that. Then his mother passed away. He was injured too. All of this was just a... Bit of a mess, I think, for uh, Derek Favors here in New Orleans. And it's okay. But if he's that good of a culture guy, maybe he would have stayed. Maybe it would have gone better. I think that as good of a dude as Steven Adams seems to be for a locker room, for teaching young guys and all that, that stuff doesn't matter overall. Culture is not going to change because of Steven Adams. Did J.J. Riddick change all of that much last year? Not, not really. We saw, especially in the bubble, guys just not caring, not trying, right? So I don't know how much adding one player really does with that. And instead, what I told Fletcher, and again, go watch it if you haven't, it aired last night, was that culture is going to start with Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, particularly Brandon Ingram now being kind of an elder statesman on the team in some degree, but also the highest paid player. Zion was a rookie, played a handful of games. Cool. You're not going to step in and be the leader on that team right away. Kyra Lewis Jr., same thing. It's going to fall on Brandon Ingram to be the leader that sets the tone that builds the culture. 
That's how this team is going to build that. It's going to start with Brandon Ingram and then Zion Williamson right after that. If they're putting in the work, holding teammates accountable because they're the best players on the team, the top paid players on the team, that's how you build a culture. Steven Adams is going to be part of that. And it's good to have guys that buy into that, and it seems like Steven Adams would, but let's not pretend like you build a culture with Steven Adams. It's going to start with your top guys, and that's Brandon Ingram. This team will go as far as both those guys take him, Ingram and Zion. It's re- like it really is that simple. I don't need to pad this segment out by keep and keep talking. It's they're going to go as far as they go with Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram and the culture that everyone wants and has been craving. Stanley Gunny can hold them accountable all they want. They don't care. They don't care. Don't act like Alvin Gentry didn't hold the guys accountable and be like, you guys got to do more. They just didn't listen to him. Now, hopefully they'll listen to Stan Van Gundy, but there's they're much more likely to listen to their teammates, to the other players on there. That peer-to-peer aspect of it, that peer-to-peer relationship is really important. So if they're not doing it, this culture won't get built. Brandon Ingram's a bit of a quiet guy. He's a hoops junkie. We all know that. He just got paid. He's the best player on the team. But he's going to need to take a step up in terms of all that other stuff this season if the Pelicans want to continue to be successful and build that culture. Coming up, Western Conference power rankings. Where do the Pelicans fit in? Who got better? It's going to be a brutal season out West. So let's break it all down and see where the Pelicans fit in. Okay, if you want to get basketball smart, it starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, NBA analytics pioneer and former front office insider and front office like uh, worker executive with the Grizzlies, John Hollinger, joins Dunked On podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's take a look at the Western Conference because it's brutal teams were aggressive this offseason and while i've said yeah i want the pelicans to push forward and, and try and fight for a playoff spot when you when you kind of look at it now maybe it's like they, they need to take a bit of a step back to some degree you we can start at the top let's just run down my order from the teams i'm curious to see if you feel it's the same way too in the west number one is still going to be the los angeles lakers adding in dennis schroeder and Montrez harrell to help with bench scoring, which was definitely a problem for him. And then you basically replaced Avery Bradley and Dwight Howard with Danny, um, uh, with, um, sorry, I'm blanking on people. You're replacing Danny Green and Dwight Howard. There we go. With, with Wes Matthews and Marcus Gasol. Even if they're not the players they once were, it's still, I think, an upgrade over those other guys. That's a heck of a roster, and you still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. We know how good that can absolutely be. Clippers, I still think, are two because I think the way they crashed out of there and letting Doc Rivers go was going to be enough of a shakeup for them. Um, and then maybe it means they kind of get rid of some of the load management. They're coached, I don't know, more sternly, which is kind of what they need. Kind of a slap in the face. It's still Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and I'm not going to really disagree with that team. Third is where things start to get interesting because I still think you can make an argument for three or four teams here. I think it's probably still the Denver Nuggets. I think you, even with the loss of Jeremy Grant, they're still up there and it seems they're taking steps forward. Michael Porter Jr. is going to get more minutes for them throughout the regular season. He really only started to come alive in the bubble. Showed some flashes during the regular season, but they weren't playing him consistently. Getting that guy consistent minutes throughout the season is going to be significantly better. You still have Nikola Jokic. There's going to be Bull Bull maybe playing backup center minutes for him, which gives him a different degree of things. Uh, they're still a good team. The losses they they had outside of Jeremy Grant hurt him a bit, 
but not a ton, I don't think. The next part is where things get really interesting. I like the Portland Trailblazers pushing for a top four seed in the West, especially when you have the Golden State Warriors on a bit of a roller coaster and not knowing what their season's going to look like, looking like they were going to be fighting for a top one or two seed in the West, and then that Clay Thompson injury really, really changing that. I love what the Portland Trailblazers did, adding a ton of wing depth to their team where they were lacking last season. Adding Robert Covington is a game changer for them. Retaining Carmelo Anthony, he was good, is really important. And now Yusuf Nurkic is going to be healthy all season long for him. They're kind of in a similar vein to the Pelicans last year. You know, once healthy, they're much better than kind of their record indicated. I've got them in the four spot. Then I think you do throw in the Golden State Warriors. I'm just not ready to count out Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Maybe Andrew Wiggins gives you something. Maybe James Wiseman gives you something. But Curry and Green should take you pretty far. I think you've got Utah next. That is basically just them running their team back from last season to some degree. Um, And they weren't as good defensively as they had been in the past. Adding favors back just makes... A, t- a ton of sense for them. I don't know. It's just like a solid team. And then if Donovan Mitchell, even though he got paid more than he probably should have gotten, takes a bit of a step. Yeah, they're pretty good. So what are we at? We've got one, two, three, four, five. So that's already six spots. And those are really freaking good teams, I think, in the Western Conference. After that, I like the Phoenix Suns. You know, they look good in the bubble. Devin Booker's a damn stud. You add Chris Paul into all of this. I'm not really worried about them um, not drafting particularly well. They've just done some smart things this offseason. They were already an improving team. They should continue to improve. I've solidly got them into the playoffs now. After that, I think it's the Dallas Mavericks. I don't know what you're, they're going to get out of Kristaps Porzingis, and he's um, expected to miss the start of the season, which I think is a bit of a concern. But Luka Doncic can get you really, really far. They've lost some kind of depth and a couple of other things. They've added some youthful talent in the draft. I like what they did there. I don't know if it's enough to push them into the top four, top five, top six, but they're there. These are all good teams. I think we can all agree that these are better than the Pelicans, right? And that's already eight teams. Well, at least you can get into the playoffs as a 10th seed, potentially, this year. I've got the Rockets after that. Yes, they're falling apart, but they still have James Harden. Right now, they still have Russell Westbrook. It's good enough to win a bunch of games. And then, for that 10th spot is where I find it kind of interesting. The Grizzlies and the Pelicans, I think, slot into this, and I don't know who to put further. I think there's more consistency and carryover for the Memphis Grizzlies. Losing Drew Holiday probably knocks the Pelicans down below them, at least this season. But Zion being pre-bubble Zion could easily put them above that. And this is where I think you'll get to see a fun rivalry develop between the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. But I think it comes down to them for the 10th spot for one of the play-in spots. After that, I do think it's weak. The Spurs, the Kings, the Timberwolves, OKC are my final order on that. You could probably put the Kings above the Spurs to some degree, too. It also depends on if the Spurs are able to move LaMarcus Aldridge. But it's it's brutal in the West. We named at least nine teams, maybe 10 teams, that on paper are better than the Pelicans. They're going to have to really play hard every given night and put things together under a new head coach a whole lot sooner. And you're going to need to see a leap taken from some of these young guys. Zion needs to actually take a leap if they want to get in the playoffs. Same for Nikhil, same for Lonzo Ball, even Brandon Ingram to a degree. 
it's not going to be easy in the Western Conference. And when you look at this, maybe it does mean we need to adjust some of the expectations that we have for the Pelicans going into next season. But that's a discussion for another day. Maybe one of you all will ask that to me for the mailbag on Friday, which we're going to do for the uh, mailbag edition for the Black Friday show here. Should be a lot of fun. Make sure you listen to that. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all on Friday.